But the idea that the uh, the microprocessors are um, shrinking to atomic scale, and then there's going to be quantum effects. So we're trying to solve the problem of particles disappearing and reappearing, or being and not being. Right. And you realize that things are going to get weird very soon. Right. It, right. Because so much of it is invisible already. Yeah. But if now, if the technology becomes atomic in size, <laughs> now you're just... We could be breathing, well, we're, we're breathing in the matrix right now. Right, right. And all those little matrix, whatever you call them, are mm -hmm. exploding into being, into existence out of nowhere. Which is... might be somewhere. <laughs> right, right. And something out of nothing was essentially the alleged start of everything. Yeah. It's all just expanding and collapsing at the same time. Right. Through the pain of our existence. It's messed up. But I guess that's, that's the nature of it. It's that it's impermanent and it's ever-changing. Yeah. Entropy. That's why I think mythology and allegory and all that is so powerful because it, it gives you that without what's well, a technology really. Hmm. All the ologies are technologies. Um, right. It gives you access to that without having you understand the mechanics of it all. Right. Yeah, that's what the ology is, is like a system of, of understanding. Yeah. That's why I always, uh, I always think of that quote from from Camus when he said, when he talks about how like even science is really just a system of representation. Like it's not the truth per se. Yeah. It's just a, it's a metaphor really. Yeah. And it just has a really strict doctrine. Right. Which is now apparently the new religion. <laughs> it seems like it, but it, I don't know, it feels like it's one of those misdirections where the people who are fighting for science aren't actually fighting for what has got it to it to this point. Right. So you wonder if what's beyond that is good or not, but then what's, he, what's good? Well, that's all relative. Well, it's all supposed to be about information, but all the information is costing exponentially more resources and then they just make the money less valuable so they spend less right <laughs> well I knew it was all over once they started treating people like Dina Hinshaw and Dr. Fauci as like these icons like icons yeah Wait a minute. these people we've never heard of <laughs> took five paragraphs Right. Eight column inches. <laughs> and they're convinced. Right. This guy's gonna save us. <laughs> oh, this is, is dangerous and we need to be saved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And again, that's the same fucking myth. It's the this same exists. Thing. This is dangerous right. and we need to be saved. <laughs> and this is the man to do it. The guy who botched the AIDS crisis 30, 40 years ago. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> He said he's sorry. 
and he's ready to try again. <laughs> I think we just wrote, <laughs> we've just written the treatment for a CBS drama based on Dr. Fauci's <laughs> life. Totally. The hero good. doctor. Yeah, exactly. Because the good doctor's already taken, so it'll have to be the hero doctor. <laughs> Jesus doctor. <laughs> Easter's coming early. Dr. God. <laughs> Meet Anthony God. <laughs> no one knows where he came from. He's a genius. <laughs> oh, man. He makes miracles. We're not that far away from that. <laughs> Meet Anthony God. Holy fuck. Why are you some kind of Dr. God? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that got me. Oh. God, what a roller coaster. Crying one night, laughing the next night. <laughs> I just, I'm not even going to say it, but that episode of Come Town where they talk about the Pepper Ann Sopranos crossover. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love that one so much. <laughs> I love Pepper Ann. <sighs> oh, it's so great. And it's just like, there's like five minutes left in the episode and he just pulls that out. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Oh. It's so great. I was gonna. Somebody. <laughs> it's pretty good for me. Tony, is this a. Is 11. This <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody. What does he say? I finally meet somebody. Somebody who cares about me. It's good for me. I love. I love Pepper Ann. <laughs> Stav just falls off the chair. Like <laughs> so great. <laughs> Oh, I, I try and talk less about other podcasts on this podcast, but that's a moment that yeah, is great. worth recapping. <laughs> oh. The episode they put out this week was a return to form. I felt they were pretty, pretty, pretty much there. The Buzz Lightyear thing. Okay, I'm completely out of step oh, okay. with, with Come Town. I just kind of experience it. Nice. And I remember, I've got like multiple streams going. Nice. I'll catch up on the new ones. Sure. I'm going backwards through the, the catalog. Right. Yeah. That's good. It never matters. That's the beauty of that thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to talk about it at the water cooler. <laughs> no, certainly not. You almost can't talk about it at all. And then Stav said, he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, exactly. I'm, there's plenty of people in my life that I would never tell that I listen to that show. <laughs> It'll be great navigating that in like 10 years. When it's main, like when it's known? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if it'll ever be known. Mm -hmm. I think it's past that point. But um, 
just it'll just be like one of those niche things that only a few people know about and right. fewer and fewer fewer and fewer people know. Right. We've got a good like five years left, I think. <laughs> oh, I think, yeah. Maybe if they all turn trans or something. <laughs> right. 2.0 where they're all trans. They all just reveal that the the gay jokes were weren't jokes all along. What? Just a thruple. <laughs> a thruple. Well, that was kind of my, when I first, like the first time I ever listened to it, I was like, well, these guys are closet gays for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, now I don't know. I guess I don't care. If it's, if it's ever defined, if, like, officially, that's the end of the podcast. Right. So. Right. The kayfabe is broken. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you before if you... Because you're saying we might be tapped into this grand narrative, so to speak. But if uh, if you think there's going to be like a renaissance or like a a boom in art creation in the next like year, or is it just going to be like <laughs> sad entitled millennial crap? I think it depends on your perspective and mm. how much or how little you're paying attention. And more attention isn't necessarily a good thing. Right. So I, I don't know. That's up for each person's journey. Mm, true. Doesn't really matter what everybody's doing because you can't control it. But you can find good references, and that's. Mm-hmm. I think that should be the focus of searching instead of like criticism or even just blind data collection. Mm. But I don't know if you can. I I know I can't get to any like peaceful place with my creative process without having a, a balance of ins and outs. Okay. I might try to factor in real life stuff as well. Not that I use it for creative purposes, but to kind of, it's a factor in the modulation of energy that you need to perform and stuff like that. So mm. there is a part of me that's really pragmatic about I guess emotional and like physical output and how I can be of value to people in my life. Hmm. Not like trying to offer the world and be a hard on the sleeve type of person. Right. I think especially this pandemic should have alerted a lot of people to uh, what they're giving and what they're taking. And hmm. I don't want to take stock and think about <laughs> the future a little bit more than they had been before. Yeah, I think that's true. And also, put some stock in their own point of view for a change. Yeah. Think about the life they want to have. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people stuck in the rat race that would rather not be in it. Right. It makes it harder for the people who want to be in it. <laughs> That's true. That's a great point. Is like leave the rat race to the actual willing rats or the willing racers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to a guy last week on the show who's like 40, yeah. carpenter, and he's just like, I'm just done with it. And so he's he's going to film school and he's looking at some other avenues. Yeah, yeah. It's like good money and all that, but not satisfied. Yeah. If you can get like the work-life balance thing, I'm not totally sold on it. Mm. Um, if I could have like 
10% life and 90% work, I think that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but I think I'm just burdened with the need to get things out of me. Right. I'm also burdened with the need to consume things. So. Mm. I feel like I'm a high output person, so. Mm. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, I can't keep up with the texts. I read them. I hope not. That would be frightening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, do you define? Do you count a lot of your creative work, your sort of stuff that you're not doing at your day job, as being also work? Yeah, I've had to, because my perspective on it has completely changed since I started creating stuff. Mm. Like, I haven't heard music the same way I did as a kid mm. since I was maybe 13. Okay. But. uh it's for the better. The, the amount of things I know about the things that were enchanting me when I was a child are so much more than they were before. Hmm. And uh, now I get to like tinker with them. Right, 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 right. That's totally the case with me too. It's like I haven't watched a movie the same way since I was maybe 15. Yeah. I find it hard to get off the addiction of needing to uh, be like reborn through every interaction with uh, <laughs> something in the medium I'm exploring. That's kind of, yeah, I hear that totally. And then I could just kind of attenuate the, the flow of things going in and not worry about catching everything and right. having a right opinion. All those things kind of link together. Yeah, I remember seeing something too where it was like, there's like this fetishization almost of how much can you consume and how much opinion can you generate. Yeah. It's like you could read one good book a year that changes your life. Yeah. Or I mean, you could read it five times in a year. Right. Get a lot out of it. Right. Rather than those, those, here's the list of books that CEOs read. Right. Aren't you going to read them now? It's like, well, <laughs> it might not apply to me at all. Yeah, they don't do a good job telling you why because they don't know where you are. Yeah, if you like, if you try to fit into like the marketing machine, then right. you're just gonna turn yourself into a template that that serves, which might be something you want, certainly the people outside who are, who are, who want, or who want to be outside the rat race, mm -hmm. can fit into those molds and get fed. Mm. But I don't know that that's a good thing for people with a need for expression. Right. Well, I, I think it goes to that, <laughs> that tweet you sent me a while ago where that guy said, always have an act, folks. Oh, right. And you're like, always always be an object, folks. Yeah. Because that's all, I guess it's kind of funny, marketing commodifies and objectifies the thing, but it also does it to the people so they can better market to them. Yeah. But the marketer never wants to embarrass their uh, the person they're selling to, right? It's true. Unless it's a very like specialized play right so like that that perspective was just weird because it's a it was about i forget who it was about but it was about a public figure charlie sheen i think was it um yeah it was about a public figure and they're kind of there to be icons or idols mm -hmm. or whatever um so the person like projects themselves onto it right um like the the population right. of working people like in, in front of camera people in Hollywood is probably equal to like the 
probably maps or scales to the uh, the people, the different like archetypes of people in society. Mm. It's because why, why would you have extra people? Like you don't need an infinite amount of <laughs> middle-aged whatever race men. You just need a few mm -hmm. who can do enough work to get the, uh, the product to as many people so you're not wasting money. Mm. So when you think about that, like identifying with um, the product in a way that many people who are consumers do is might not be the, the best way to get or to create something that uh, that's a paradigm shift or whatever. Right make something new but it seems as well that there's only a few of those that are allowed or allotted for uh-huh in every cycle i don't know enough about finances but i'm sure you could find a link between like quarters and like i don't know let's say a, a film with like a james cameron film or mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. and it was like strategically released in a certain quarter for certain things to happen and there was knock-on effects with like technology and film and stuff because i know there was lots of technological copycats after like an avatar sure. or even after terminator and that that like process keeps the machine rolling <laughs> almost withholding revolutionary ideas yeah and, and releasing them yeah and like timing them perfectly right like that uh I saw that there was a viral clip of Bill Maher um, saying, uh, "Why don't, why doesn't Fauci talk about health or something like that?" Right. And fair enough, but it's a very well-timed rant for him. Ah. Like he gets his big round of applause. If he had said this six months ago, do you think he would have got? He would have been round of applause. <laughs> no, you. That's really that's a weird one, man. Because that's the same thing that happened with John Stewart whenever that was, three months ago or whatever. Right. When now we're going to let him be the controlled opposition. Right. Have his little joke about the lab leak. Yeah. Colbert shits himself performatively. Yeah. So, personally, I just want to be on the other side of all of that. Oh, So that's, that's like why I don't watch TV. And that's kind of why I'm trying to figure out a way to, like, have more or any like business in the industry of like media or art or whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it. But without having to do any of that type of thing. Without, yeah, without being compelled, right, obliged. And it is objectified. Yeah. The longer you resist, you know, being put in a box for those people. Yeah. Like all those, uh, there's lots of, um, musicians who came out because they had nothing else going on basically right but also found it convenient that the ones that were in the uh in the news for selling their catalogs were some of the ones that popped up with something to say mm. yeah it's... and i want I, like i wonder if there's other deals attached to those mm. to those deals is that like a last paycheck in a sport where like this last team is going to ride out the rest of your contract. We're going to take care of you. Make sure your family's taken care of. Make sure you transition transition into something mm -hmm. uh, productive after your playing years are over. I wonder if that's the musician version of that. Hmm. Right. It's like if you, as like you're saying, as they're sort of waning and yeah. becoming less useful, it's like just do this for us. Yeah. Like maybe their tour numbers are 
are waning and it doesn't look doesn't look rosy in the future or their like body's breaking down and they can't do it right. like just like with an old an old um athlete you kind of estimate how many years they have in their joints and their legs and stuff <laughs> what their injuries were right i'm sure they do lots of like what their habits were behind the scenes and stuff and right. make them an offer you, you have to think, I mean, it's a business and I'm sure they, they look at it the same way like an insurance company looks at you or me. Yeah. What's the liability? And I wonder like what, because I don't know what their lifestyle is like on the day to day. I, I wonder what the bid and the ask is basically. Hmm. Um, what are the non-negotiables? Well, th those goes like the 360 deals. You know? Yeah. You sign off on everything. Before you know, well, for the most part, the most the, most of the people who are signing those 360 deals don't know what they need mm -hmm. when they're in the middle of a 360 deal like that. Like a $1 million 360 deal, all of a sudden you're an artist on the roster, you have something mm -hmm. to release. I know in sports it's very common for after the first big contract, um, <clears throat> the wedding and the baby happen like the next summer or whatever. Ah, for sure. The music industry, <laughs> someone's like, not so much. Like a satellite relative dies just out of nowhere. See, like it seems like they're working with different currency, and I want to know what that is. <laughs> I don't know if you, yeah. I'd like to know, but I don't want to get into the business of spending that currency. Yeah. I think this is Hazel Dean. Okay, yeah. Argyle's just at the end of this. Okay. Tree path. path. Okay. I remember being so surprised that people live in this area of town. <laughs> I just had no concept of it for a long time as a kid. It's so crazy when that happens. It's like you have to. For whatever reason, you have to come into this into a neighborhood, and I was more people. <laughs> I know what. Another school. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever? Do you remember the first time you drove past a school that was the exact same like model as your yeah. elementary school, yeah. but a different color? <laughs> it just shatters you. Yeah. There's like uh, McKernan School down by the university is like the exact same as Westman. Okay. There's like a red brick. Yeah, it's a trip. There's a couple times too where I've seen my house, not my house, but people's houses that I know with the same plan in a different neighborhood. Oh, right. It's like the exact house, but it's like a mirror image. Yeah, I, I could swear I've been to the school, but I've been to another one that looked the same at the back. <laughs> and it wasn't even one I went to, it was like a recorder recital or something. Oh recorder recital. Hey, I... Yeah, those were a good time. <laughs> 
Did you master the recorder? No, not really. I didn't pay any attention to music until I started playing guitar. Mm. I was just naturally good at it, so I could just maintain an A average. I but I didn't learn anything. <laughs> Famous Applebee quote. You right. haven't progressed at all. That's horrific. Just last day of grade <laughs> nine. And that wasn't that wasn't like a breakthrough moment for me. I still didn't get it. I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> Fuck this old man. I'm playing the notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, wind instruments were just, there was just, there was way too much room for error. Like oh, it was, yeah. It was way sure. too easy to be imperfect. Like if the reed was fucked or if the mouthpiece was. Yeah, clarinet is such a, it's such a lie because it, it's fairly easy to like get on your feet and make sounds. Right. But then there's all this like expression going on that you can do with your lips and stuff. And only the like clarinet people know about it. So then you get into like this like social structure where you, are you gonna try to like have a character as a group? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> what are we doing here? Playing Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'll never forget. There was something that we played in junior high that we then played again in high school. And I went from third clarinet to second or whatever and I'm playing the part or not. And Kyle Clare just turns around and just glares at me. Because <laughs> I'm sure I was just eating shit. Oh man, there were times when I, I just, I wouldn't even lick my reed. <laughs> and I just sit in that class for an hour. Especially, well, in high school. And just pretend? Yeah, because they'd never call on us. Right. I knew, I knew the conductor could hear that I was barely playing, but I was playing the right notes. It's just, it gets to a point where if you don't have a bunch of competent people together, then like getting into the reeds of like expression and all that right. is just a waste of time. You're never going to get there. Because you don't want to habituate yourself in an environment when you're around a bunch of people who <laughs> no one wants to hear play. Right. Do you remember that there's the two music teachers in, in high school, but do you remember like the one guy was just such a prick? Like just so mean? No. That was my memory of it. I thought they were both fine, but I was very detached. Right. That's fair. <laughs> and also, I was in a section that like got zero attention. Ah. The bass clarinet you went to, right? Yeah, like literally just sitting directly in front of them and just watching the conductor like conduct people behind my back who I can't like turn around and look at. <laughs> so it'd be inappropriate. But like, oh shit, tree is falling down. That tripped me out. <laughs> you know which one it was? Yeah. You can see there's a big clump hanging oh, yeah. down. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. It seems weird that it's happening now, but with all the heat we had, all these all these plants are on an accelerated schedule. Ah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if all the leaves drop. Well, I've seen leaves dropping already, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're all gone by the end of September. Yeah, that makes sense. It was so hot there for so long. Yeah, weather-wise, this is the worst <laughs> summer I can think of. I can't stand the heat. Oh, absolutely kills me. Yeah, it pushes your, it just, the nerves are shot. Yeah, Everything I can't enjoy hard. it. It yeah. feels like the world is just crushing me. <laughs> I had a friggin' meltdown in a parking lot one day when it was like plus 30 and this guy looks at me and he's like, you're ready for winter? 
I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I forgot my mask. Like, out loud, loud enough for people to hear me. It's yeah. Like, Calm down. Yeah, it was like, was it over 20 days above 30 or something like that? Like, just some absurd number. I have no idea. All just blended together. It's not a particularly great summer. Yeah. I mean, I had a good time, but it's good. not in the in the summer kind of way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Usually at this time, though, I do miss the winter. Mm. Start smelling it coming. Mm. The breeze gets a little bit colder. Yeah, you notice the sun's a little lower in the sky. Yeah. Well, we'll see, because we had a pretty pretty lenient, pretty mild winter last year. Maybe we'll yeah. get hammered again this year. I don't, I don't know. I, I stopped attributing values to weather a few years ago. Oh. Things I discovered it was a meme. <laughs> it kind of is. So, yeah, what am I even saying? People are... People... It's so weird to just observe people saying it's cold outside. Like... <laughs> they just lost a relative or something. Right. <laughs> like you can't just put a jacket on. Like you're not going to go outside anyways. Right. Right. Just whinging. You know, Devin, it was pretty cold last winter. <laughs> oh, fuck. Going to be cold again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Crossing themselves. <laughs> I know. It's really that is like the absolute lowest of the low in conversation. If you're talking about the weather. Yeah. Just walk away. <laughs> Just get going. Just totally, just do a 180 and leave. Should just immediately go to politics. Fuck. We were, man, I was shooting something this week, and this lady all of a sudden she starts talking about Donald Trump. Oh, really? You can't be serious. Oh, man, they've been waiting for so long. Donald Trump was so many people's dildo for four years. <laughs> I know. And then it'd be, and then, and then he just leaves like nothing, no goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Even though for four straight years I said he should be gone, and now he's gone, and I have nobody to diddle myself over now. Oh, good COVID. Oh, good. Thank God for COVID. bend over. <laughs> Did you see that quote from Trump when he was doing his rally and he said something about being woke? He's like, you know yeah. what woke means, don't you? <laughs> Everything that's woke turns to shit. Yeah. Gets a huge pop from the crowd, like full applause break. Yeah. He <laughs> like turns around. Oh. It's funny, it's great. But it's also people saying that like three years ago. Right. We're beyond the point where people should accept that the woke thing is bleeding money because they're allowing it to. Right. Yeah, that, that shit is like some form of psyop, I think. Especially. Yeah, it's all like in a package. I'm right. sure somewhere there was a forum 
and you can find like a day package of materials about how this would all play out. <laughs> and how 100%. like there's all these vectors that you're gonna hit the population. Yep. Projected timing. Totally. And we're in we're in phase two now or three or whatever where it's like the CIA and Halliburton are like making advertisements about how they hire people who are trans. Yeah. The CIA they want does that. Yeah, exactly. Would be their defense, but really everything in their in their action says in blaring blaring colors, you want that. <laughs> right. Right. We're just doing what you want. Yeah, it's like that video of that uh, that African news program. <laughs> Why are you gay? That one? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you gay? Who says, Who says I'm gay? <laughs> You just looks at her. <laughs> just looks at her. <laughs> you are good. Yeah, that's that, that was like some crazy reverse psychology shit. It was. What should I call you, Mister, Mrs? <laughs> it's like clearly a woman. That totally, okay, that, that, that clip needs to make a comeback as a meme. <laughs> Who's going to carry that? I don't know. Everyone funny's been cancelled. Should have been there, man. Should have been there. 2015. Yeah, I don't know, although that... that Everyone was in the club. Everybody. It's like one of those dream nights that never really happened. <laughs> Everyone was there. Ancestors were there. <laughs> the unborn were there. Yeah, the dead homies. Everybody. We were all laughing about... I don't remember. Exactly. But then some people started taking it too personally. And then half of those people in the full club had to go. They announced there was a private function. This honestly sounds like a Dave Chappelle bit. <laughs> the dead homies. It's like it's like a reverse Hotel California. <laughs> you can't come in. <laughs> you can't check out any time ever. <laughs> Fuck off, we're the Hotel California. <laughs> All the doors are locked. You can stop my car. <laughs> There's no room at the hotel. <laughs> Unless you're gay or queer. <laughs> the and country version of it. <laughs> and Dr. Fouch is here. And you hate God. Just giving up the rhyme just to get the point across. <laughs> just to make sure everything's covered. <laughs> in the water. <laughs> He's wearing a gigantic suit. 
<laughs> the Al Green version of that is super fun to play drums on. Oh yeah. It's easy. But it's just that nice little snare line that keeps coming back. Right. Pop, pop, pop. I found the video about miking drums in small oh, rooms. Okay. Might be worth checking out. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. It's so loud. It is. I, I feel like I can't play if I can't be loud. Mm. Especially if I'm going to record. I don't know. My dad moved to Vancouver. Mm. Staying with a friend. Hopefully he'll get his own place at some point and I can just give him the drums and sure. then figure out a way to spend a month there every year. Right. That'd be cool. Just a, just a drum woodshed. Right. Just go absolutely crazy. Oh, man. There's nothing better. Shower twice in a month. <laughs> no shaving. <laughs> it's maddening to have resources and not have the space to use them. I bet. And I, I kind of feel like a fool for not prioritizing the space first, because then I can at least step gradually into things, but I just have like an overabundance of resources. As far as like equipment? Yeah. Like, like it's all just it's too close to be utilized all at once. Right. What would that look like? Would you have to just get a, a house? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm going to try utilizing my space better. Next thing I'm going to do is buy a drill. Okay. Now the guitar is on the wall. Oh yeah, nice. Probably get rid of the couch. Um, move the table. Just basically make the all four walls in the living room usable. Okay. Put up a bunch of my old iPhones as cameras. Figure out a way to like network them. <laughs> That'd be cool. Hang some plants and then start another podcast basically. <laughs> then we'll see. Then we'll see who's canceling who. Yeah. Yeah, iPhones as cameras, that's not a bad idea. If you could find a way to run them into like a... I want to say a switcher, but... That's what I was thinking too. Gonna need to look into like broadcast formats with audio and video. Man, you can pretty much get away with anything nowadays. Yeah, I, I really want to figure out if I can approximate a 3D audio recording setup. Mm. Because I can't do anything expansive in that space, it's too small. So all the reverb is, just, is gonna do is just mess me up. Right. Just uh, like the critical distance, according to this calculator website, is 0.23 meters. Huh. So 23 centimeters, less than a foot, and you're getting reflections interfering with your signal. Interesting. So, like that's not ideal. That's like having an invisible slapback. Like I can barely hear the echo, but it's there. Hmm. So it's really hard to record in there. So, anyways, my idea was to hang a bunch of plants, and then hang like omni mics on the plants okay and then 
see if I can have a material around the plants that's sound absorbing so it can get rid of the upper registers. Then I'll build base traps in the corners at the bottom to control the base and then just try to have it as flat and as dead as I can get it. And with more things in there, especially hanging, the reflections will go off of those instead of off the walls. Okay. And that'll deaden a lot of the stuff. So it'll be like a reverse echo chamber, hopefully. Hmm. It just um, sucks everything into it. Yeah, they say with small rooms, if you just keep the clutter in there, it'll help with the with reflections. So if I do that, I think I can figure out a way to have an array of the microphones. Okay. Um, so I can capture all of them and mix them together so it like approximates a a 3D situation so then I can localize things, have like stations in the space where if I'm doing recording there's like a benefit to right. being at a certain angle or whatever. Damn. It's crazy how a microphone is like a lens. But also it's like it picks up things that you can choose to utilize or not. Yeah. Whereas like a lens just sees whatever, it sees everything. And everything is presented. Yeah. I guess it's because the digital audio or digital analog converter is on the mic. Huh. Right. Right. Yeah, that's kind of a real trip when you remember like it's all just waves. Yeah. Like light or sound. Yeah. And I, I don't know too much about photography but sound is very annoying because you're working <laughs> against the density of the air okay and you can't really control the air density without a lot of money and a lot of volume <laughs> in the space right frankly the weather has a lot to do with that as well mm -hmm. um, and the weather also has an effect on the reflections against hard surfaces right is there, there, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. is there any use in just putting up like those sound deadening or those acoustic panels in your room? Yeah, I'll be doing that as okay. well. Just as much as possible. I have a, uh, a book, it's like the Bible for building recording studios. Oh shit. And that's what kind of, I read it and then I gave up on the idea of having like a great sounding room. <laughs> um, that's good. Okay. Yeah, just because it's too small, too many reflections, and did all the measurements and realized that it wasn't going to happen there. So, figure now that I I need to record things, I may as well just try to make it as dead as possible. Right, but actually usable. Because that probably makes the the editing easier, I guess. Right, and like isolating the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. If it's clean. Because really the echo is just, the echo is kind of what ruins it, isn't it? Or the reflection, as you called it. Yeah, all the room sound. Yeah, it's all just noise. Yeah, like the, the idea of like ISO, camera sensors, right. maps pretty well to the sensitivity of a mic <laughs> to room sounds and the uh, focal length the F number kind of mapped to this, the uh, the carb yard pattern. Okay, that makes sense. And the pickup. 
we can probably cross them. Alright. Um, so just like with lenses, you have lots of options for different scopes. Yeah, I don't know. It depends on what you're what you're going to be working on because you can waste a lot of money buying the wrong things. <laughs> That's for sure. Waste a lot of money buying the wrong things. So yeah, I'd like to have all those like those omnis hanging there, and maybe there's a mic that has uh, capsules on each side, so you can get a big oh 180 that That's approximates cool. 3D audio. That way I can capture the whole room with, I reckon, eight mics. Okay. I've got, I've got four. So I'm halfway there. So if it's just you sitting in the room playing whatever instrument, is it necessary to capture the whole room? Um, it's necessary to have it active if I'm going to do live things. In right, 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 gotcha. There's a paucity of venues out there. The home has to be a venue now. Yeah. Hang up some string lights too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been to an open mic yet. I will in September, but I imagine yeah. they're going to be crowded. And that's not helpful. <laughs> you gotta find you gotta find the ones that aren't super well attended. Yeah, you know, maybe don't. It's funny, I actually knew a guy that lived in this neighborhood and there was an open mic at this pub that he used to play at. The Root Cellar? Yeah, it was. Yeah, my drummer was uh, living in that house. Oh, really? The band that was in with Joel there, Joel oh, and yeah. Rebecca. Yeah, him and probably the guy you know and someone else were running the Root Cellar as far as I remember. Huh. You ever hear from Joel? Uh, no, it's been a while. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah. Hi. Was the was the interaction in the Metro Cinema the last time we saw? Oh no no. Okay. That was before the band. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Right. The band was after. Yeah. Right. 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 great combo. It was always spicy. <laughs> it was funny because I hadn't, at that point, I hadn't seen him for a while. Okay. And it turned out we had so much to say to each other in mm. such a short time in a public <laughs> place very loudly. It was like an extended scene for the Woody Allen movie we were watching. <laughs> now, now I'll watch this. Yeah, good times. <laughs> so many good times at Metro. Yeah. Should look at the calendar and see what's going yeah, on there. Definitely should. I think I said this already, but apparently there's a group of people looking to buy the Princess Theater on White. Oh yeah. And turn it into more like a multi not just a movie theater basically, a venue, I guess. Right. Interesting. Which be sick. Yeah, the Roxy's almost done. Alright. Maybe that's a, a rise of some independent venues. Okay. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. If there's not, I'm going to have to figure out a way to be in Toronto for a month every year. Just to get some real 
connection to a real scene. Yeah, I need reps. That's the main right. thing. Right. I can't. I can't have like five or, as far as I know, there's like seven venues running open mics, one for each day of the week. Oh, is that it? And if, yeah, and if people want to do it, then they're just all going to be hopping to the, like it's just going to be a giant crowd of people every time. <laughs> right. And it's going to be an audience full of other people who are waiting to go on stage. That's not. That's not ideal. Right. I got you. Yeah, you want that scene where there's like so a recipe that gets stolen from, <laughs> for sure. Where you, where it's like a, a clear divide between the performers and the and the people who are enjoying it. Yeah. It's <laughs> otherwise it's like something just like the it's akin to like seeing the same group of people all the time and they're standing in a circle and they all laugh and then turn and look back at you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's like what the fuck. Yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, because you must feel like it's time. Yeah, take, take like I shows. have nothing holding me back. I'm glad I finally have material. Mm -hmm. it took forever. Um, and frankly, I'm starting to get sick of the material, which is giving me energy to start transitioning a little bit. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I can overlap so the new material kind of livens up some of the older stuff. Mm -hmm. But that would require an active process. Wires, uh, doing it faceless audiences basically. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you could just start doing a live stream. Like yeah, in terms of yeah, yeah, like on Twitch or something. I don't know on YouTube. I don't know. Yeah, I just have to choose. I think I'll probably just choose YouTube because I feel like there's enough ceilings high enough that I don't have to worry about. Um, bumping into too many people, I really just want it faceless, right? Because that that part of it is just getting stuff out um, and staying sharp. Ideally, I'd like to spend more time on stages than behind a, a camera, but uh, I, I don't think there's enough venues here. No, I probably I would have to agree. And if it's anything like the film industry, it's so clicky, right? Yeah, I feel like music's going that way where you kind of just have a handful of styles that people mm -hmm. um, express and then they have their supporters among their own group who all make the same thing. Right. And uh, it seems to be the way with music too now. There's less uh, live music translating onto the, onto the radio and broadcast formats. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. The group, this, whatever you want to call it, the the popular group just d d dictates the style and says this is what it is yeah we and shoot on this with this and it looks like this right and, and then the critics it. back it up and <laughs> you get your aunties and they go too far <laughs> right and the circle begins anew yeah I don't know I've been working on like converting some of my out there ideas into uh standardized formats a little bit it's interesting so they can be received right more palatable yeah although you don't, maybe you don't want to go too far with that oh i've 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 left myself so much headroom okay Hello. hi there Yeah, there's a, there's a long way to go. 
where it starts sounding like formu formulaic okay. in a way that anyone would recognize. It's good. Because it is kind of formulaic, because everything I have right now is part of a set, and there's a narrative, so there's mm. a, it has its own language. Right. Speaking of which, I saw on a TV show that, I don't know if it's real, so that's why I'm saying I saw it on a TV show, <laughs> that every heartbeat is as unique or more unique than everyone's fingerprints. Really? So I was thinking about that, Not and that. Um, how, uh, like, different interactions and contexts and and all that and changes to perspective, uh, changed the, the heartbeat pattern. And I was wondering if I could figure out a way to personalize mm. robotic things by taking snapshots of that signature and then applying them to a, a, an AI, basically. Mm. So you can do these things in um, the Apple digital audio workstation called Groove Templates. Ah. So you can like clap out of the rhythm and because that's off the grid, mm -hmm. um, it has a specific like groove to it. Sure. So you can capture that swing basically and then apply it to something that is in MIDI. So that's how I personalize mm. the stuff that I've written on instruments that I can't play very well. Anything intricate basically. Mm. Um, like drums, for example, which I can't record. I can just have live drum sounds. You can do it out in like fingers, but you can have, it's almost like having an infinite number of co-writers. Cool. Because you can like take a snippet from a song and it'll take all the, the beats in there and create a template for it. And then you can map it on there. It's almost like the rhythm equivalent of auto-tune. It's, huh. it's barely perceptible at like when it's listenable you can barely tell but it's it's not perfectly to the grid mm. so it feels different and those types of things are uh, super handy in music so right and you're wondering if you could start pulling from other from from your own heartbeat potentially yeah i want to know what i want to know what that does this is everybody's heartbeat is unique as far as like the rhythm yeah, I think it would have to be because everybody has a different body and physiology. Yeah, I guess. Have been through different things. Okay. Through their lives. Oh, that's pretty crazy. I guess, yeah, because it's, it's a muscular contraction expansion. Yeah. It might be too far. Well, I, I think, but <laughs> why not at least try? Yeah, I think it'd be interesting for sure. The uh, best line from last time we did this was when you said, I hope we look like cops and not like dorks. <laughs> like, I know for sure we look like dorks now. Like, today is confirming it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't care, but it's just funny to know. It's like, this is the equivalent of being the guy out on the beach with the fucking metal detector, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> this is it, man. You gotta, you gotta embarrass yourself. You really do. Then you can redeem yourself in private. And eventually the embarrassment will only be for you. I think that's important. I embarrassed myself pretty good last night uh, playing some songs last for people at the party. It was like, yeah. why am I playing this song? Like, this song's about the guys, like there's just dark lyrics. All right. It's like, this is not baby shower material, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, you're halfway through the song and then you realize that it's not going well. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta build up your oeuvre. For sure. It's very difficult because there's no, there's very few radio formats that translate to indoors. Um, and it's just that, it's just the fact that people are inundated with music all the time that they, they just accept almost anything in any room they're in. Right. But when it's live music, it's so much more impactful and the presence of a person is expanding in front of you. Right. So when they decide to, I don't know, sing their song about the summer that they decided to stop cutting, <laughs> it'll dampen pretty much any crowd. Right. Damn. I like what you said though, the embarrassment really only exists within you. like. Oh yeah, for sure. It's the rest of the people are cringing, and honestly, people need to get over the cringe stuff because nothing's gonna get done if people are cringing all the time. That's totally true. Letting it stop them. That's why I listen to K-pop. Keep <laughs> myself attenuated to never cringe. <laughs> cringe is kind of on the same spectrum as cancel. Yeah, for, for sure. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna put the judgment here. I say that this is not good. Yeah. It's emotional assault. It is. According to them. <laughs> You're not doing something that I was, that I see myself doing? <laughs> right, right. Oh my God. That is so cringe. You it's need like, to stop. I just can't. Meanwhile, I'm up here doing it. And you're yeah. in the back cringing. <laughs> it's it's funny that you say in the back, because it's very often the people who didn't actually attend that are the ones that are having like imaginary crises based on the thought of something that happened. <laughs> imaginary crisis. <laughs> yeah. And the crisis animates their thumbs and they need to tell a bunch of people. Right, as if it matters. It's like a virus. Reputational violence is a, vi is a virus. Totally is. Did you happen to see that Bo Burnham thing on Netflix that he put out? No. It's like a special that he shot all in his house. No. Uh, anyway, I'll continue that story in a minute. I've been thinking about that. There's a, uh, there's a way that the different streaming services are treating their products. Mm. And I don't know where I land on it, but if you contrast Netflix and Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime seems to present the uh, the media as a product. Like mm. You get all these like behind-the-scenes things. Right. It's almost like having a, a DVD package where you can read through all the all the extra stuff. Whereas Netflix seems to try to make that packaging disappear. Right. And I don't know. Well. Obviously, neither of them work for me because I've pretty much stopped mm. going to them for anything. But I, I don't know because I know there's a lot of money and thought going into that. I don't know that either of those are a good way to propagate stuff that's going to move everybody forward. Mm. Or if people even need to move forward. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, surely the way forward is not on Netflix. But it doesn't inspire me, so I, I'd, I'd have to think that other people are not being inspired by that formatting. Mm -hmm. But anyways, tell me about the, Bur the Bo Burnham thing. Oh, just he just had this line in there where he's sitting on a stool and he says, can anyone shut the fuck up about anything ever? 
You know, can any one person just shut the fuck up about something? No. No. It seems like it seems like I have to know if you're cringing because we're in this place of infinite real estate. Yeah. Infinite digital real estate, where every thought can now be. Are you cringing about cringing right now? I might be. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. I, mean, <laughs> I, I guess yeah. I'm always doing that. I say I don't pass the moral judgment, and then I go ahead and do it. But I don't know. I, I just see the the rhetoric is on obvious street, and it's been that way for so long, and I'm super bored of it. Right. Yeah, I think you said in a text the other day about how it's like even the whole like the racism stuff is just exhausting now. Yeah, it's just boring. Right. It's like uh, obviously that's going on. And we're going to get riled up about it. Yeah. While still ignoring the human trafficking and the... Like, how many ways are they going to spin the their savages line? There are others and their savages. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's really never going to stop. <laughs> Real boring. Yep. And it's only boring because it's overutilized. There's so many other ways you can go. That's why it, it's one of the reasons why religion is good. Mm. Because it's just an overabundance of material that you can't capture in one lifetime. Right. And the deeper you go into yourself, the more you can relate to the religious material. Yeah, you just live your life and then the things that you were forced to study come at you later on in life. That's kind of the tragedy of it, really, is that people are being... people choose to believe um, in external things, you know? Like, all of a sudden, all their problems are things that are happening in relation to them instead of inside of them. Yeah. Well, I think it's both. But I don't know that we're taught to, to choose wisely. Mm. I certainly wasn't taught to choose wisely. But I did anyways. <laughs> you eventually got there. I'm gonna zip up my fly out. We're <laughs> fucking an hour into this walk. <laughs> now we know. Now we know now, why we look yeah, like doors. Exactly. It's <laughs> not the Zoom recorder. Now the story will be we popped out of the forest looking weird. <laughs> yeah. And had their fly down. Jesus Christ. Talking about Cumbtown. Oh my God. <laughs> I think he said they, they took you to Cumbtown or something. They were super loud. Yeah. It's very microaggressive. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I was cringing. <laughs> oh my God. That's, well, it's just one of those days, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a full, like it's a full moon was last night. Just another day in the life of Dr. God. <laughs> That's right. What are you, some kind of Dr. God or something? <laughs> yeah, maybe I am. Who do you think you are, mister? <laughs> some kind of Dr. God? That's exactly who I think I am. <laughs> this is every episode, like the beginning of the third act starts with that. <laughs> and then he just smites everybody. <laughs> For sure. Why didn't with he... science. <laughs> Why doesn't he use... Smiting them with science. 
she's smiting me with sounds. <laughs> this is always somebody who needs to be defibrillated. <laughs> Supposed to with him. For like sure. the paddle's yes. just running. For sure. To save the day. Defibrillating people's phones. So, <laughs> That's a conspiracy theory. I didn't say that about masks. He's wearing somehow like a robe, like a Jesus robe with a lab, white lab coat over it. Yeah. And sandals. He built this hospital. He built this hospital. Now he runs. <laughs> now the devil cursed him to run this hospital that he built himself. He's sacrificing himself for you. He's Anthony God. Coming this fall to WB. <laughs> Remember every episode of House? He's having a myocardial infarction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tachycardia. <laughs> Tachycardia, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it could be lupus. <laughs> Is it such a trip how we're seeing the same people? Like, also going in a loop? Oh yeah, for sure. But I don't understand the map that we're on right now. Yeah, this is a good path because you can get completely lost in it. Right? Makes you feel kind of simulation-like. Oh yeah. You know? For sure. Oh, I just remember that I have ribs cooking right now. Oh, nice. Like the short rib? Yeah. I feel like, honestly, if I could make 10 more dollars an hour, then they'll have me. Mm. Aren't you at the top of the pay scale? Yeah. Like, that's never going to happen right. at my job currently. And that's not really the point, but, like, that, like, I know my number now. I've had enough experience, mm. like, taking care of myself that I know how much it costs for me to be like content in the physical and like safety way. Hmm. So 10 more an hour would be like roughly another 1600 a month. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. That would mean I could save. That would mean I'd have like backup money. I could invest. Yep. And then I'd also have time to do more productive things and be more efficient outside the 40 hours I'm stuck with. Which, like, makes me think, of course they don't pay you enough because I could be out of that job and making more money <laughs> if I had that amount of money to not have to worry about. <laughs> right. Like malnutrition. <laughs> she just softly ignore. <laughs> the malnutrition. Turn, turn 18 and your diploma says, now you're allowed to not complain. Now you're allowed to not complain. Yeah, what a weird flip of the switch that is. Just says that's enough on it. You don't know why. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> Quit sucking. <laughs> that's a trip.
Now that I think about it, this is probably where I'd end up living. Like if I went mm -hmm. to, to university instead of being stupid, I probably <laughs> would have been living in an area like this, not doing a podcast, cast looking like a dork. I, I, I hope for that for you. But just like, just so shallow. Just like, <laughs> just existing. Right. Well, that's it. I mean, you wouldn't have the the character that you have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always be a character. <laughs> One day I'll be Dr. God. I'll that's play right. that role. I hope so. Be, <laughs> you know, that'd be great. Dr. God has to be intersectional. It's true, he does. I might have to transition first, though. For them to accept me, to have a <laughs> shot. Oh. This fall on C on the CW network. You thought you had a savior. <laughs> you thought you knew Anthony Fauci, but you've never seen him like this. <laughs> it's just cut to you in a wig. <laughs> what the hell? Dr. God's a hit, man. That's great. I hope I forget about it. I don't want to be burdened with ideas of Dr. God you know, for any amount of time. It's the stupidest thing I've said in the longest oh, time. For sure. <laughs> and I went along with it and we made a whole meal out of it. Yeah. God damn. When I was talking to Fian the other day, he said something like, it feels like we're witnessing like a cultural inflection point, like it feels a bit on the verge of apocalypse, potentially. But then I was listening later to this, <laughs> to this interview with some guy on CBC and he said, every generation probably feels like that. Yeah, I think so. Right? Like we seem to always I, don't just, know. I feel like a lot of people were trying to justify what happened in the last year as apocalyptic, but right, people were jogging through parks, right, because they're too fat to survive. <laughs> basically, they need to actually exercise, but not work as exercise because they're surviving. Right. You gotta say that doesn't seem very apocalyptic. No, I know. Like so much of the battle is going on in people's heads. Oh yeah, for sure. Which, which is where culture resides. That's right. But it's, uh, it's fundamentally a subjective thing. I think I. I assume just like with the whole Trump scare that this fake apocalypse is going to lead to a lot more shitty stuff right. <laughs> coming out of the cultural institutions again. Yeah, and a lot more people, maybe, yeah, people crying wolf about it. Yeah, well, it's going to resonate. I, It'll hit all the hit all the marks, and that's the point. Right. With half of the population canceled or silenced or deplatformed, very unlikely we're going to see any divergent blue, uh, viewpoints anytime soon. And if you look back in history at the stuff that's carried forward, you often see that it's the divergent stuff, and all the things at the top of the mainstream are forgotten. Right. 
Exactly right. The diversion stuff is what carries us forward, and now they're sort of silencing that. Or it's... People seem less interested in being divergent. Although, you've said it too, and I feel the same way. It's like, are we kind of isolated from... The, like, you say you might have to go to Toronto or Vancouver for a month. Oh, yeah, I'd say for know. sure we're culturally isolated. Yeah. Still. I'm sure, like, if you were to drop this podcast into the playlist of any, like, big city liberal, they wouldn't jive with just about any of it. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of sound like backwater a little bit. Which is funny because 40, 50 years ago was the same here in Edmonton. Yeah. Like, like Jerry said, he... He had no idea what Stevie Ray Vaughan looked like ever. He's like, we heard his music. Maybe we saw him on the album cover. We didn't know anything about him. Or... Right, for sure. <laughs> and then he's like, then the DVDs start coming out, you know, in the late 2000s. And it's like, holy shit, like, you know, like him playing in Switzerland at the jazz festival. It's like, yeah. why couldn't I, why couldn't I have seen this when it happened? He always said. <laughs> yeah, you always get this, uh, not always, but there's this perception of people in smaller, um, cities and stuff, smaller, smaller population areas <laughs> that they're like incurious and rigid and whatever. Right. Like for the most part, except for like your your national franchises and your national leagues and all that, like right, all that macro stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of it just doesn't reach, and it's the product of like small little pockets. Mm of uh, densely populated areas that might reach somebody in, in a remote place but uh, just because it doesn't reach everybody doesn't mean they're not open to being exposed to it and right. like radio formatting and regional TV formatting play a role in keeping people isolated as well mm-hmm. but uh, yeah for sure I'd like to travel a lot more in like a personal capacity rather than an escape from work obligations. I just like to live in a larger world physically Mm. to kind of match with how expansive the digital world is. That's interesting. Because I've met people online and it's just, it doesn't work. (laughs) No, it's not the same. Like there's so much like physically about a person that just doesn't translate. And then you're just in this like game of social Right. Yeah, well they can really pick and choose what to what to give you when they're online. Yeah. And then and the platform can only like supply you with so much of a connection. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, well it's interesting cuz you I mean, you live downtown, but I guess the, I mean the downtown is pretty like it's horrific really as a cultural center. Like yeah, you, I'm sure you don't. Well, I don't know. Do you don't feel like there's anything worth venturing out for? No, <laughs> restaurants and residences. Right, that's really it. I tried to, <laughs> I tried to ask when I had that woman Cheryl Watson on the podcast who's running for mayor. I tried to ask her. I was like, why is the restaurant like the hallmark of a of a of a city's culture? Like, why is that the metric? Right. And she just gave like. She gave a nice, thoughtful answer, but I still didn't really... It wasn't the answer I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. Because I've been to a lot of places that are so similar to the general structure of this city. 
that you just wonder like what's the point it's <laughs> kind of why I stopped traveling and then a lot of the interesting places are so like underdeveloped that kind of forced onto resorts which is just a cleaner version of this and smaller right. mm -hmm. it feels like you're just playing house <laughs> there's no totally. danger right it's not real yeah it's not like it's not sanitized I guess yeah so you want to find a good balance I don't know I've always been kind of down on Toronto but I've never been uh, like an independent adult there so mm -hmm. There's so much opportunity and people, well, I don't know about opportunity now, um, but <laughs> there's so many people there and so many places to go. I think it would be interesting to explore. I, I've, I've done a lot in Edmonton and every, every corner I turn seems to look the same. <laughs> it's true. And if it, if it ever looks different, it's just like neighborhood architecture. And it's yeah. just, like you said, private residences. Yeah. You're not allowed to access it in any way. Eventually, I'm gonna have to write new stuff. And like when I went to Amsterdam a few years ago, um, and had like my first recreational weed experience, <laughs> the dreams there. It was I was only there for two days, but right. the dreams were insane because hmm. all of the like topography in my dreams had shifted ah. in a way that was completely. Um, foreign. Hmm. Like even more so than just the day-to-day -day experience of being there. It's like I was just swimming in a different pool altogether. Right. That's probably important to do. I yeah. haven't done nearly enough of it. What I've seen of Toronto, I liked and I would agree with what you're saying. Right. To be forced into that much bigger space. There's so many more variables that your mind has to sort, I guess. Yeah. That's cool that it came out in your dreams. Yeah, it was very interesting. Perfect day for a walk. <laughs> oh yeah. Here I go talking about the weather again. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Did you keep digging on that Sam Vaknin guy or have you taken what you can from him? Uh, I don't know, it all depends on what the algorithm is feeding me. Mm. YouTube is like a being now. Oh, I know it's. <laughs> Just have to accept it's there, and it disappoints me at a similar rate to human beings. So it's really, it's really weird. Just get those fruitless conversations with a video that doesn't, right. that isn't technically talking back or listening. No, I just got nothing for you. Yeah. But you thought, you thought there'd be something. Right. That's kind of the. They get you with a thumbnail and a title. Yeah. Like they get you with a snappy pickup line or something. <laughs> I find YouTube is trying to feed me just the same videos over and over. Yeah. It's like I don't want to watch this year-old clip from a podcast that I don't care about. 
Yeah. It's like, it should know that you've seen it and you, you're not going to interact with it, but some right. things stick around for like weeks. Right. And I don't know when this happened, but now YouTube sends me, sends me push notifications when the phone is locked. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I never asked for that. Here's a thing that you like. Right? <laughs> Remember that joke Ian used to have about how like you have the aunt or the uncle who like knows the one thing that you kind of like and just think that's everything about you? Yeah. You love mountain biking. Yeah. <laughs> just tell, just like ribbing everybody around them and right. just being like, he loves mountain biking. <laughs> His favorite musician is D'Angelo, guys. He loves him. He actually doesn't listen to anybody else. Yeah. It's like, that's kind of what YouTube's doing to me. Oh, yeah, for sure. You like cops and to catch a predator. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? But also, here's some more. Yeah, it's interesting that they think that that's a way to sum up people. <laughs> but I do wonder if there's things going on behind the scenes that are deeper how much disclosure was going on with uh, personal information before they started asking for it. That's a good point. Because, the, I don't know, there's, all, there's that, all that outcry, supposedly, about all the data that big tech has on us. Yeah. I was like, it has all the data, and it's still, that's what it's feeding me? <laughs> like, that's what it knows? But well, I like why would they sauce. give you anything better? Well, it's given you enough to keep going back. I guess so. You didn't immediately recoil and shut get it off. That, uh, get those notifications off. You just kind of accepted it. True. Yep, there you go. We're way, I'm way simpler than I thought I was. I think it's become a, a thing that maybe hopefully they teach in schools. Some kind of a, I don't know, digital hygiene. <laughs> For sure, yeah, like, yeah, digital, It's a good word for it. I've, I've made a concerted effort to, instead of saving my tab hell sessions, <laughs> to just like bookmark everything and just put it into a bin. Oh, okay. Just because I know it's all things that I'd be interested in learning more about, but instead of like bogging down my computer with all this stuff that I'm gonna get to eventually, right? just set it aside. And I'm pretty sure I'll never get to it, but Whatever that is that makes me want to like hoard information is satisfied enough by me just like identifying it and then setting it aside where I can find it later. Because hmm. <laughs> I've got like tens of thousands of unread emails <laughs> just for no reason. That's interesting. Tab hell. Is that still going on? Yeah, it just happens. <laughs> no, no one site has enough information on one topic. Right. It's also so dilute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fuck. Garbage is really stink down here. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> a month worth of shit just baking in a metal drum. Yeah. There's a yeah, I've had the pleasure of uh, donating things at the oh, yeah. Hope Mission some more. The piss smell is real. 
hope missions too much. Is that east of Rogers Place? Uh, yeah, northeast. Northeast, northeast blocks, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty horrific down there these days. Yeah, like it's, it seems okay because it's small. Right. But also, you feel like you don't want more of that. Right. Everything seems so emergent in that area. The last time I was there, there was like three police cruisers all tending in different areas mm. to different situations. <laughs> all in like a one block radius. Right, all for things that if probably if they just weren't criminalized, they wouldn't be there. Yeah, but they'd probably be in jail. Right. For one reason or another. It's, o it's almost like the welfare state is not efficient, but it's got most of the bases covered. And the people who just can't be in the system, there's not a whole lot more you can do for them. There is a homeless type of person. <laughs> that, that, that's a thing, right, in the, in the world. And in societies. Um, and I don't know, I feel like you can kind of mitigate it and ma make their lives a bit better by having parks. Mm. Yeah, that's a step. But I don't know how, how much that, how well that scales. Well, is it like you can have parks, but can you, are they allowed to sleep in the park? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. I've been thinking about that, where it's like the the fundamental liberal claim that if we just allocate the resources differently, everybody would be saved. Yeah. It's like, do you really think the structures are in place that if, if people just had a, enough money? It doesn't even work logically. Yeah, I don't think it does. It 100% efficient. Like, sure, it could be better, but it's like that thing where, well, if Jeff Bezos just, like, you know, gave a billion dollars to end homelessness, it's like, to who? What, what I find disturbing is that it's all underpinned by emotions. Right. And if you're going to manage everything, why not manage your emotions so everybody's happy where they are? <laughs> right. If you're not going to do that, then you're really only talking about you being in control. And that's what it's about. Right, that's fundamentally it. Like that. <laughs> so dumb for years and years. I've been always going back to the whole clean your room before you try and set the world in order. Right. It's like he wasn't wrong about that. Yeah, there's something to it. It's a bit hokey for my taste, but. <laughs> it is a bit hokey. It is what it is. Don't forget, he's from northern Alberta originally. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've always, I always found him interesting that perspective especially right because a lot of the liberal perspective really is rooted in upper middle class living right so like the room you're living in do you own that room you're actually responsible for it i'm talking about the people in upper middle class and the people in the welfare state mm. do they actually own that or do the banks own it and what would cleaning that room that you don't own mm -hmm. that's just an object that you uh, that you protect with your political positions right what would cleaning that do for your uh, soul, let's say? Right. Exactly. What? Or it's like if you you want to rearrange things in based on what model? Yours? Like you think? I don't know. It's kind of a 
there's a hypocrisy and kind of an egotism to some of that shit. Yeah, well, both of those are necessary. You're not going to get anywhere without ego. Mm. That's for sure. That's what drives the big old weird world. Just think about the idea of exorcism mm. in the context of a, well, from the perspective of reading all this psychology stuff. And with the ideas of like exorcisms and possessions and all that stuff from like ancient religions and all those stuff, mm. all those things, and the idea of the, the known unknowns mm. that we can't control, the idea of, a, of an exorcism seems super risky. Mm you don't actually know what's going on inside of somebody. Huh. And well, let's just say there's different components to somebody's self or different perspectives inside the self or whatever from what you view and experience the world. If you're gonna exercise something that's not working and like get rid of it, mm. are you leaving then a vacuum for something mm. else to go into it? Right, that's a good point. And what is that thing? Because the idea of like a baptism, for example, it's a bit of a traumatic event to dip someone in water so deep that only you can uh, save them from it. Right. I'm sure there's been lots of uh, psychological trauma related to that that people have had replaced with now you're uh, anointed or whatever the term is they use. Yeah, maybe, that, maybe the baptism mechanism is purposely like that. I'd assume so. It'd scar the person. If I mean, but that was your salvation, don't you remember? I'm sure it's worked for people. <laughs> it's turned them into like happy droids for the church. Mm -hmm. And that's <laughs> justifies whatever good they're doing. <laughs> that's fucked up. It's interesting to think about. Yeah, no, it is. Because I think there's a lot of things in society that mirror the, um, the predominant religions of the generations past, especially the recent past. And they've been turned into other things and people haven't realized it. Mm. Well, maybe they were there before. But we're not, is it because so much time has passed that the, some of the pieces have slipped away so the understanding is Kind of compromised? Maybe. I think the understanding's there, but people don't recognize it. Mm. You ever think about how they say like fluoride calcifies your pineal gland? Yeah. You ever think about shit like that? Like maybe, like I know it's kind of a meme where it's like, you know, humans used to be eight feet tall and could see, you know, whatever for yeah. miles. But like maybe we are being. That might be what I rant about on the next solo podcast about all the ways that the world is like... Fucking you? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's very worth... I think every single person should have that process in their own lives, right? As you're like individuating, I mm -hmm. think your interactions with other people should be litigated and also your interactions with the world. And especially the world that's being fed to you and that you're accepting like some kind of... Some other, some other person's sacrifice mm -hmm. or not. Right. Greed, and then look in the mirror and seeing what it's done to you. Right. Agent, okay. 
<laughs> or not. What is health? Mm -hmm. All those questions. Yeah, I, I don't know. About five years ago, maybe it's because of like the writing process or whatever, but I go through those types of like thoughts fairly regularly. Mm. Like the pineal gland thing for me was a good 10 years ago. <laughs> and what I try to do is just like read everything and then the things that are important will keep coming back to you. Mm. And eventually you just have a specific perspective on something. And then you just, on that, like along that path, you just make sure you're eliminating the things that are negatively affecting you or negatively um, associated with your process of learning about it. Mm. Just so you can be more yourself. Right, which is probably all you could ever really hope to accomplish, I think. Yeah, so like all the fear around conspiracy theories, I think is misplaced and people are too afraid of words and too quick to apply the value of words that they learned in school. That's very often the reverse of what the actual meaning is. Hmm. And then if you look at the meaning, you realize that the person was using the meaning correctly, but they didn't realize it. tying themselves in knots and they think their intentions are straight and narrow. Mm. They're kneecapping themselves at every turn. <laughs> Those things are interesting to think about. So then you, it's interesting that the, <laughs> the way things are is a, is a direct result of like the gradual decline of human potential. Yeah. Is it potential or application that's declining? Mm. Uh, yeah, you're right. Potential's kind of always been the same. Because I think the opportunity for application has been purposely reduced. Right. And that justifies a reducing of the potential because you have too many people who aren't productive in their application. Too many criminals and whatever, whatever people were supposed to help with welfare because their divergent lives are keeping us from feeling emotionally stable. Right, right. Yeah, all that, all that divergence. So we need to fix that passively. Just by doing it yourself, you think? No, passively, like indirectly, like mm -hmm. have the government do it for you. Okay. I'm still, I'm still being sarcastic here. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is for each person, but I think if you just handle your own business and mind it, mm. then eventually things will be okay and you won't have to complain or get randomly upset or right. have like emotional relationship dramas or sure. need to tear people down reputationally at every turn. Things though, you should tear things down. <laughs> things aren't people. Right. And things can be better. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why I said, I guess, the way things are. But I think that's right. It's something like, it's not like karma as like an active force, but like maybe like a passive karma where like if you just do all the things that you're talking about, then you're in a position and a situation where whatever's external to you just doesn't affect you anyway. Yeah. In a negative way. Yeah. And honestly, that should be 
just the natural way that every man operates. Mm. I only know that because I'm a man. <laughs> I don't know what like women's journey is. I, I truly have no idea mm-hmm. what that is. Um, completely foreign to me. But it doesn't look like they're making a good go <laughs> in certain quarters. No, you're, <laughs> you're not wrong. It seems so much of it seems like rooted in trauma or like there's like these traumatic milestones. Yeah. Like there's so much less of that for men. Oh yeah, for sure. And where it is apparent in men, I, I don't know that you're looking at men. Mm-hmm. If we could get Jungian, it seems like there's a lot of anima possessed right men around. Mm-hmm. And they're being put up as role models for the rest of the community. Right. For people to emulate. Yeah, that's... Well, just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, Rachel's now watching this show on Netflix called Fuck Boys vs. Nice Guys. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a, you know, kind of a Big Brother-style thing. Right. Mickey Glazer, that stand-up comedian, is hosting it. Okay. And, but it's like, that—that that is exactly what you just said. It's an anima, anima-possessed men. Yeah, both of those sets of men love their mothers too much. <laughs> in different ways. Right. Yeah, in different ways. That's fun. That's so fun. It should just be called Anima Island. <laughs> <laughs> What's so fucked is, like, the, the, myth, the mythological, um, like, the maturation of the, um, of the self in that way mm-hmm. is just, like, just drenched in, like, <laughs> rape of, like, gods raping each other and stuff. Like, right. those are the mythologies that, like, the... The integration of self, like the Osiris myth, mm-hmm. is that like Osiris died, so then Isis reanimates his dead body and then impregnates impregnates herself with the the phallus of the dead Osiris to birth. Um, what the hell is his name? Horus. Horus, yeah, to birth Horus, who is also Osiris. So it's like a self-rape and then a birth that's also a rebirth. But Isis is also the daughter of Osiris. And like all those things, like if you put them into a psychological framework, that's like the map of the self and that's what you're doing to yourself and in interactions with other people. Right. Like to put it horribly, like a relationship with a woman and a man, the man, like the onboarding process is the man taking on the woman's image of herself and basically raping himself and birthing a relationship out of it. God damn, yeah. <laughs> and that's like, that's the individuation of self through another person to create a relationship and then you do that physically and create a family. Like it's so, it just like what the fuck? turns over on itself. Right. Which I guess is why like in this on the nose culture we're in where everything has to be so obvious mm-hmm. That things like that aren't uh, aren't good selling points, but I think it's a much more profound and helpful way to look at it. It is. That's <laughs> so fucked up. That's why I felt like Eyes Wide Shut really, really grabbed onto something that felt like psychodrama, like kind of what you're talking about. Right. Like outside of the narrative, like the, or outside of the main storyline. Like, just the shit with Tom Cruise and, and Kidman and, like, the, the kid. Yeah. You know, like, doing the homework or in the department store at the end. Yeah. 
Like that all really sums it up. Right. One of these, I think this is the path we okay. want to go on, right? Otherwise we'll end up going around. Do a fucking four hour marathon. Yeah. Yeah, all that individuation stuff is pretty crazy when you, if you attempt to like map it to your own life. Mm. Well, it's just, it's endless, endlessly inspiring and it's like endless work. Yeah. That's if you haven't like experienced any like debilitating trauma because that like sets people back so much. Right. Oh yeah. Like if the self-rape was actual rape, there's been, there's no solution for that. <laughs> no. Yeah, if you have to do some kind of performative public self-rape as part of your coming of age. Yeah. Or like to guarantee you get a number one single. <laughs> well, oh, we don't know. Because now there's rappers called Da Baby and Lil Baby and Baby. <laughs> so, I don't know. That to me kind of sounds like starting back at square one. Your name is now Baby. Yeah. I'm your dad. Yeah. Sing. <laughs> and then you find out what they're doing to babies behind closed doors. Oh, yeah. yeah we keep the stuff. babies comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's super creepy stuff. Yeah, it's not good. What was that you sent me where it was like pieces of what was it fetal organs in the vaccine or whatever oh yeah <laughs> let's get this right they've been using an isolated kidney cell and an isolated lung cell from an abortion in the 70s and 60s I think okay. two different people I think there's like a handful of those but they use it they clone that cell and then they use it in research but then okay. they also use it to do research, like product research. So they basically like use that until a certain point and then they take it out and then that's the product. That's why I said they're just, <laughs> they're just dipping it in there and taking it out like a tea bag. <laughs> right. But it doesn't help the fact that it's a bunch of, I don't know, I find it ethically dubious. For sure. To be doing stuff like that. And then, then to find out that the University of Pittsburgh is actively looking for abortions so they can do it on live babies and they need it at a high enough rate so they can keep their work going so they can all be comfortable and warm <laughs> while they take out their organs while they're alive and like take off their skin like it's so much stuff going on and that's just one university So yeah, I did have a bit of a rant, I forget when it was, a couple months ago about the righteous indignation related to the mass burial sites of the residential schools, because it's literally happening on a day-to-day basis, and because my woman's choice, nobody looks into it. Right. But the fact that there's like a quota for 25% of them to be ethnic in some way. So someone made that decision that right. there wasn't enough and we need more dead babies. Well, not dead yet babies. Right, and that's somehow not 
garnering the outrage. Which is the whole ground penetrating radar thing that just happened this summer all of a sudden. Like even that all felt, you know, like just some more, you know what I mean? Like it's just like, oh, now all of a sudden they're gonna just roll this out because the outrage kind of died down. Oh yeah, it was perfectly timed. And there, you can always tell because there's always somebody especially in the media who wants to like get their credit if they were early on something but you get it's really obvious when there's those stories that come out where there's no antecedent and everybody's just kind of twiddling their thumbs right or somebody that you know most of the media doesn't like is doing something big that'll get a lot of attention and then all of a sudden there's a big tragedy true now it's just always accompanied with all the same language. We give it a color, we give it a day, we give it a fucking Facebook profile photo filter. Yeah, the people involved are obliged to their 15 minutes of fame now. Everybody needs to learn their names. <laughs> or else you're betraying them somehow. Right, and the true, the true activists, the people that really know what the fuck, who live they're the ones that come out and say, well, this is not actually news. Yeah, and then they're quickly shut up and canceled. <laughs> Very quickly. <laughs> I was watching this video of this lady in Portland. It looked like a reverse crisis actor, honestly. Honestly, I think the right is finally catching up with how the media works. Well, there's this black lady who's standing outside some kind of press conference at okay. some intersectional lib NGO thing and like she just starts screaming about how Antifa broke up her church event. It was the church event of that um, that pastor in Calgary who got put in jail. Oh that Polish guy? Yeah. That they just grabbed him by the belt and grabbed him by the collar and yeah. Him into the, yeah. So he's like touring America or something so he's in Portland and Antifa came and like threw rockets and oh okay like bombs and pepper sprayed children and stuff <laughs> so the ladies uh, the ladies yelling in front of the cameras and the, <laughs> the guy standing in the place is deaf so he's not hearing what <laughs> oh, she's saying great. and he's <laughs> he's just yelling at her to like leave and like gesturing and stuff and yeah wow. it's, it's worth looking at because it's fun it's funny and she makes her point or whatever. It's not really the place to do it, but where is the place when you can't get attention if you're already canceled? But, right, right. Um, yeah, anyways, uh, she's like, uh, they pepper sprayed children and then it like pants <laughs> to the crowd. She's like, you, you were there. I bet you did it too. And the guy's like, no, one's, no one said that. No one did that. So of course, conveniently they get there. Their denial on camera. <laughs> and then by the end, it, she just gets shouted down. People are like, you're literally shouting over a deaf person. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a circus. And I think that only happened at the end because they needed to do their little calculation, you know? Mm. Their intersectional calculation. <laughs> Listen to her speech patterns. <laughs> guess her socioeconomic status. Now we have to put her... Yeah, we've got to put it in perspective here because this guy's disabled. Yeah. They got their color swatched so they can they can see how black she is. <laughs> Whether they can say shut up or shut the fuck up. 
It should be more or less appropriate. Can you imagine just the color swatch? I actually saw something like a color wheel that showed how I'm supposed to understand marginalization. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. It's coming. As I said, I want to be on the other side of it. Right. Like just to, to not have it, to not have to relate to it. Yeah, I don't want to learn the terms. I want to like do the drills and recite the lines. No, it's it's becoming like a just like a boring religion. Yeah, I'd rather like be the one writing the stupid shit that they're taking so seriously <laughs> and then just laugh when they're saying it. Oh, shit, they're saying it. <laughs> right, like I just heard the other day about the one of the women who's like high up in BLM is also has like a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. Yeah. But she preaches Marxism. Yeah. It's like what? Which is exactly like the Marx the Marxists before. Right. And they kept saying it's not the same. It really is the perfect religion for the 21st century because it has no origin story and it's just flat and, and without depth. Yeah, I mean, I could have been one of those people, but thankfully I discovered Christopher Hitchens in high school. Mm. And then his grand, uh, well, for me, like, what fell apart with his old thing is he was one of the big backers of socialism and, like, believing all the Stalinist lies and all that stuff. And then okay. all of that got exposed. And then he just got to say he was wrong and continue living off of his opinions. <laughs> and then died. <laughs> which, which I guess was inevitable. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, all that shit's just happening again. A lot of people are gonna, you least expect, are probably gonna say they were wrong. No idea where we are. <laughs> uh, me neither. Somewhere that where is the, the ravine, but I don't know where the path is. What school is that? I think that's the one we passed. Oh, okay. I don't know. I just like to have some kind of stability before the biological clock puts me on the track to do what I need to do right. for the good of society, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the goal, man. Some sense of stability. I don't know. Media is just not doing it for me. And I'm guessing that creating it will be like a solution. Like, I left music school because I thought I didn't want to have a job in media. Right. Because I thought I enjoyed it too much. But it turns out that was like the end. <laughs> there, there's no more enjoyment for me to be had. At least not for media. Yeah. That It was such a false dawn. If you think sure. back of like everything that was going on between 2007 and 2011, right. roughly. Uh, hi. 
so little of that has been carried forward. It's like we just hit reset in like 2014. Right, and then it just progressively got more and more boring. Yeah, and I was just working then. I wasn't on social media as much. Mm -hmm. Then all the parents got onto Facebook, so then I really wasn't on social media <laughs> as much. Yeah, good call on that, by the way. And then I got to like a stable point with like work and all that and some disposable income. And I look back to like enjoy my life with media mm. as I was raised to do. <laughs> and just zero of it reflects who I am as a person. That's interesting. That was maybe what saved me from that was getting to study some of those, st study all those films all those years. All right. Like maybe that, I mean, to me, that there's a lot of value in that. But like, yeah, mainstream current pop media. I don't know, man. I think that's a different school. Oh, oh yeah, no, you're right. It just looks the same. That is crazy. Simulation, man. I used to like school so much. Just because I thought like that was the world. Right. And I was doing well in that world. And, right. then, <laughs> and then like you realize that no one with an actual life and responsibilities gives it gives anything any weight that comes from those schools. Like even now. <laughs> I'm sure as you like were coming out of college and stuff like that, you went through the, the sunk cost thing of trying to bring up what you've learned to like <laughs> friends and family who For haven't sure. been exposed to it. Right. And, and you just get the same look as when you were like on your tiptoes telling somebody about like a bug you saw or whatever <laughs> when you were five years old. 100%. I've been in daycare for 18 plus years. <laughs> Um, I actually saw this really cool movie. <laughs> oh, did you, son? Please tell me how you spent my thousands of dollars this time. Yeah. You married yet? <laughs> <laughs> At some point, we'll get to a path. Okay. Oh, mini shanty. Nice. With the bowl shape and everything. Pretty decent. Yeah. You know what, I'm gonna pin it. Oh, nice. Okay. This is the closest we've come since we've started this. It's true. Great spot. Let you drop a pin. Yeah, save. You know what? I'm gonna take a picture of it. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. I need to know what it looks like. I've got to know.
damn it. When we start this February? Uh, yeah, or January actually. January, yeah. January 13th, I think. Yeah, it sounds right. August 22nd, we find the first spot. For the Parks Almanac. Sweet, get the, get the guitar, it snows. <laughs> <laughs> I've resigned myself to this being a next year thing. Okay. With the purpose of it benefiting me this year because I've done most of the work. Okay. And looking forward to having it pay me next year as I work on more work. Gotcha. Keep it rolling. May as well. I know there's something there. I don't know who it's for yet. <laughs> well. But it's enough to smack a bunch of people in the face with. So. Yeah, man. It's, it's such a great idea. We just kind of got screwed on. The... It's funny. We, we thought we knew the spots. Yeah. <laughs> we, thought, we thought we could live outside for longer than 20 minutes right. in the place we've lived in for all our lives. <laughs> I gotta say, I still have the image of you <laughs> with that fucking guitar oh. face down in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just on all fours. What an absolute faff. <laughs> oh, man. This <laughs> fucking... <laughs> yeah, it's so shitty. <laughs> truly only get better oh yeah for you know. sure in a in a way that's the kind of start you're looking for if you're going to do something that's worthwhile it's true if you have any interest in it after something like that you know it's good <laughs> just in the absolute doggy style position <laughs> with your guitar face down in the mud <laughs> I mean, my face wasn't in the mud. You're kind of juicing it up. No, a no, bit. no. <laughs> Sorry. The guitar was like strings down in the mud. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, and then like, it's like, fuck, how many years of just hauling cameras into the river valley and then <laughs> didn't shoot a single thing? Yeah. <laughs> cool. so lost as I am right now. Yeah, this is a profound valley. It sure is. Let's see what the map shows us. Yeah, when I first saw this place, I thought for sure you would have seen it. Because, like, oh, yeah. no, driftwood stuff. Oh, this is like, this is like a mood board. <laughs> it totally is. The driftwood. It's the mood board for driftwood if there was a budget for driftwood. <laughs> yeah, that's always the problem. Oh shit, we completely overshot it. Oh, did we? Oh no, wait. Yeah, we did. Okay. We went back.
Um, oh no, wait. We still got like a third of the way to go. <laughs> so confusing. If we go this way. I don't know if the path continues on that side, but I don't want to end up in someone's backyard again. <laughs> again? So yeah, I don't know. Maybe in the winter, I can be optimistic about the open mic scene, mm -hmm. meet some people. Maybe more than one likes the idea of doing things in parks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool to find a kindred spirit yeah. on the musical side, if such a person exists. Mm -hmm. Because I see it visually, I think it'd be pretty cool, but to me the visuals are second. Yeah, I think you need a... Oh wow, even that place. Was this not here when we walked by before? I don't know. What, <laughs> what is happening? Every day, I blink, every moment I blink it starts anew. What the hell? <laughs> I don't know. You're saying we've passed by here already? Yeah, we definitely have. Oh. Yeah. Because uh, downtown is that way. Right. And we're right. back on the first path. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't understand. No, it's like the world, it builds as, it's like a video, like an old video game. Yeah. Not necessarily that I want to do it here, but it's just exciting to finally have references, right? I'm going to do a panoramic so you're going to end up in it. Podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay, well at least there's two. I yeah. can just spin those out in my dreams, run a couple sets in my mind in a place, see how the music works. Nice. One thing I've been trying to focus on is being allegorical with the lyrics and the mm -hmm. content of it. Mm -hmm. It's because we have, in my opinion, too many party anthems. <laughs> or at least enough people to do that. Not enough anthems of the self or something? I guess. I, I don't know about psychology and music. I don't put those things together. But mm. there's a lot of kind of... I guess you'd call it easy listening. And I guess you'd call that the stuff that populates the charts that gets forgotten. <coughs> but it's working for Disney, so... <laughs> I feel like that's not a bad reference to have amongst a bunch of other references. And for some reason, it seems like that type of stuff would work in a beautiful park. 
right? So all those songs that I have that would work in the beautiful park. Oh, that's why. We went this way. Oh, okay. So that's the place for all those ones. Because it's like doing something that comes naturally in a natural space. Or is that too on the nose? Uh, no, I think that's right. Because the references were like um, Seeger's recordings of like tribes and right. rural people, and prisoners. Right. That's kind of what was the at the core of all the songs. Not those references, but the idea of it. Mm -hmm. So now that I transition into like stages again, I'll have a different focus and I'll have a different ideal to look for. The perfect dive. Perfect dive. And is the dive open mic the antithesis to the natural park or is it? I don't know. I haven't thought about it. I haven't written the songs yet. Mm -hmm. The songs, yeah. Yeah, it was just the other day you were talking about. Oh, thank get, you. Yeah. Getting back into writing lyrics. Yeah. Wasn't really aware that you hadn't been. Yeah, not really. Just kind of expressing what was obvious in the songs, but. Right. There's kind of two, well, there's multiple stages for the writing of words, and I right. find the younger words are, the more they're appreciated. Right. Right, right, right get them out early. Yeah. Be done with it. There's very few non-Irish poets who are old, or at least were like, well, or mm. made their biggest impact when, uh, when they're old. There's lots of like young, budding poets. Uh, po yeah, poets. Mm. Right, right, right. Well, there's something to that for sure. You kind of, I mean, I think about the garbage I was writing when I was 20. Right. You know, it's so jacked up with the hormone juice. Yeah. If you give that to a, a wise editor, I'm sure they could do something with it. Right. Which might be the <laughs> the best intentions of a lot of the mainstream media. Like, I mean, music. Yeah, probably. And sports, too. Yeah. Harnessing that raw energy. Just with a little less fucking and human trafficking, you know? <laughs> Ideally, but remember, <laughs> the self has to rape itself to be itself. <laughs> so, how does That's that work right when somebody time. else is pulling the purse strings? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> <that's so fucked. laughs> you can't sign a 360 deal and be like, hang on, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Just like topping from the bottom, being like, I'll rape myself, thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah, and this part here where it says you're going to... Yeah, no, I, I can take care of that. <laughs> Don't forget the self has to rape itself and give birth to itself to be a self. Oh, geez. <laughs> but also, it's like all that is built into what it is to be human. And so... <laughs> I'm not sure if... A future that's not human... What I mean to say is a future that's not already sort of predetermined would just be a future that's not human. Like, I don't think we can fundamentally rewire ourselves. Yeah, I think that's the thing. And that's kind of what I was getting at when I was mentioning the, the garden myth and the devil. Mm, I like that. 
devil makes the object out of the, well, actually God makes the object out of the tree and the devil applies value to it and then right. the world gets birthed out of that. Right. They chose not to do rape in that story, which is good. We appreciate that. More people can follow that. But it's pretty much the same components right. coming together. Yeah. It's so crazy that that stuff was being written so long ago and then... Do you think it was interpreted that way then? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's interpreted it's that to... way now. Yeah. Like, on, like, it's just the dishonesty of the culture that doesn't see the sexual undertones in, like, an 18-year-old pop star coming on the scene. Right. And then they just actively just let it pass by them, all this, like, all these purity, like, protect them rhetoric coming from the media. Mm -hmm. Especially now that we see what they do to those people and how they spin out. We're, right. what, 20 years after Britney Spears, 22 or something? Yeah. After she started her career, and now we get to see the, the whole arc and find out that she wasn't a sovereign person. That maybe the people who's, who right. like, assumed she was a slut and was just, they were projecting their whatever is going on inside of them onto her. Yes. It had little to do with her. That's the craziest thing. She has a whole universe on her own. Right. Such a big universe that, like, her family members needed to, like, imprison her into that character. She's literally in. Well, not literally, but she's figuratively in chains, performing, and people are superimposing their own self-hate onto her. Yeah. Now that is... <laughs> that is modern art. Yeah, and then you find out that, like, that's what they're singing about when you actually read the lyrics. Right. And, like... Isn't she loved? Like, barely even a cry for help. That's just, like, a primal scream. So who's waking up <laughs> who here? Right. Who's the responsible one? I don't know. And that's kind of how corporations work, is they they sort of... The, the idea of blame or responsibility is just kind of mitigated or erased. Yeah, everyone's just snappy fingers. Everybody looks sexy. Everybody's happening and having a good time. Right. Because the pockets are getting emptied. Right. The people are getting chained to the wall. Yeah. That's why I say I want to be on the other side. Yeah, that's probably that's probably fair, man. Why, why after working so hard on the self and on the on the music, would you then just throw it into the fucking cauldron of whatever that is? Well, if you're gonna walk backwards into that kind of life, I, I don't think the the sheep archetype is appropriate for it because there's a balance to it and everybody's kind of whatever mm -hmm. everybody's an individual and you can never really tell what they're going through but as soon as like you can't go backwards if you do go backwards you're literally going backwards right and then you're going to end up as a baby pretty much i have a self-rape but now you're an adult baby right <laughs> and now, now it's not your father or your mother's like being that you're impregnating yourself with to birth yourself it's somebody else's mm -hmm. and you're probably doing it performatively and because you backed up and you're retreating you're open and they do it with impunity right and they tend to like to rub your face in it 
Just like what you're saying about the people who just assume that you like one thing. Right. That's exactly that. That gaslighting. Right. I'm still waiting for the next rapper to come out named Lil Fetus. <laughs> and then he'll do his self-rape, you know, on the, on the first album, I guess. Yeah, and then die mysteriously on the plane ride. I sometimes have like these doom premonitions that like mm. what I'm realizing about my relationship to media is just a common thing and like everybody is going to have to do that in order to like survive basically mm. like instead of us getting decentralized and atomized because of the internet we're all just getting borged <laughs> into this one like big mass that's interesting and it'll, like, there will really be barriers to entry into making a living if you don't have a cult of personality online. That could well be. I've heard of instances where, like, people get cast in roles based on their following, social media following. Yeah, I'm sure that's happening. It's, like, interesting. We're all getting bored. But the, <laughs> the great grift is that we're all becoming individualized or individuated. Yeah. I mean, some of us are. But it's like, in the blurg, you will find yourself. It's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's strange and a little bit embarrassing to be still going through a quarter-life crisis well into my 30s. <laughs> but here I am. Well. I've always assumed I'd live long, and I guess the extension of this is... Mm. More confirmation that I have a long way to go. <laughs> I always felt like a late bloomer. Uh, Call it a quarter life crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't old Johnny say that at one point? Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of has been feeling a little bit of existential churn in the last year. Leading up to my birthday was just almost unbearable. It was like every day it would just club me over the head. <laughs> oh my God, just stop. It tends to be like that around birthdays. <laughs> yeah. I had this crazy realization that August 4th is the absolute middle date of the summer. Oh, is it? Yeah, which is, I wish I'd realized that, yeah. So now I think the way my, my psychological calendar is organized differently. Like, January never feels like the start of a new year. Right. To me. Well, I mean, your birthday should be the start of your new year. Right. So it's kind of like... Yeah. Kind of altered, altered the axis, I guess. I never understood how people could shut down their lives so easily just for a holiday like Christmas or whatever. Right. And I remember just like looking into uh, or looking forward when I was a kid to having my own life mm -hmm. and just being so annoyed and wanting to fix the fact that the world shuts down for a week every December. <laughs> what if I want to do what I want? 
at 3 p.m. on December 25th, right? Well, now you can. And then I got older, and I wonder why people even bother doing anything on April 22nd. <laughs> How dare they? How dare they? It's Earth Day. <laughs> My name is Earth. Please tell me to you. Who's, who, who else's birthday was it? <laughs> Prophet Muhammad, <laughs> according to Google. Right. And Gregorian calendar, Gregor. Gregor. Also Vlad Lennon. Vlad, Vlad Lennon. Vlad, Vlad Lennon. Vlad Lennon Jack party. Nicholson. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. And of course, millions of unknowns. Sure. Including myself. But <laughs> I choose to identify with... Well, I don't identify with any of those people. Vlad Lemon, maybe. Yeah, Vlad Lemon. Cool Vlad Lemon. <laughs> I think that was uh, Tina Fey's character's father on Birdie Rock. <laughs> Vlad. Vlad Lemon. Was it actually? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I never fucking watched that show. I was trying to distract from my terrible speech patterns. <laughs> Vlad Lemon. Dr. God and Vlad Lemon, maybe. Vlad Lemon's the new uh, male nurse. Hopefully that uh, that speech mix-up was enough to cringe out one of our five listeners <laughs> who may be inclined to cancel us for some of the improper language. <laughs> I cannot imagine anybody still listening at this point. But you never know. You never know. I've even stopped listening. <laughs> That's fair. I always thought it'd be well. I mean, it'd be ridiculous to say, but like, if there was a disabled person who couldn't walk very well, maybe listening to this would, you know, how they called come town like a friendship simulator, <laughs> like a walk simulator. I think we need a visual element to it. Mm. Just like superimpose it over like a Disney walk or something. One of those POV camera things. <laughs> right. Just our stupid ramblings. <laughs> Could be something to it. The next thing I need to do is get a head-mounted 360 camera that looks back at us. Right. Suck on that, world. I genuinely try to just get all my stupid out on this podcast. That's good. Just sacrifice the stupid. <laughs> it's kind of what it's for. Oh yeah. It's not like... See, well, people already realized that this is what podcasts are for, but right. then a bunch of people got cancelled and then the corporate... It got rebooted like so many superhero <laughs> films. <clears throat> but it still has the same core of stupidity. But people are just taking it extra serious now. And, banking their lives on it, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Maybe it'll work out for them. Well, I'm sure it'll work out for some of them. And they'll continue to shill pubic hair trimmers and dick pills. You do have to do that. I'm thinking about that myself and how, <laughs> how I can make that into something that isn't just me rolling my eyes back and reciting a bunch of coffee. <laughs> but also isn't integrated with what I'm doing. 
Just do it the Tim Dillon way where he just openly antagonizes them. Yeah, maybe, but that's that makes it canon in the Tim Dillon world. Right, right. I want nothing to do with it. It's been done. I always thought it'd be cool. I don't know why it doesn't happen often, but I thought it'd be cool to use ad space on like a podcast to promote other people's podcasts and mm. other people's like friends of the show and stuff like that. Right. And then they could pay. <laughs> you know? But you know, that's not how business works. No. In the liberal mode. Kind of expect that for free. Oh my god, I gotta make an appearance at a fucking birthday party after this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> His birthday is it? Uh, this guy I work with. Yeah. Shouts out to Gabe Lima. What up, Gabe? It's not really a birthday party, it's more just five people sitting around a fire, I guess. How are we looking on that map? <laughs> are we getting closer to where we started? We are. This is the first bench we passed. Nice. Right on. It's like it turned from summer to fall in this walk. <laughs> I know. There's Seems like there's more leaves on the ground now. Right, more yellow leaves. The wind is blowing them off. I really think like one of my tinfoil hat things, I really think time travel is as simple as like walking in loops in one area for long enough. Interesting. And then for some reason the inertia like carries you. <laughs> you kind of just generate a, a spiral, like yeah. going in a loop. Yeah, and then you like, split into a different timeline. <laughs> it's possible, man. Like, I've never been on a walk like this where you see the same person twice or three times like that. Yeah. Like that guy running. It's actually kind of off-putting. It's really strange. Good call on this, that was, that was a great one. Oh yeah. Unbelievable space. From my research, I, I think there might be one or two like this yet to be explored. Okay. But I don't know how, like this looks like this was set up years ago. Right, it does have that feeling. But it's also just as modern as the other ones. So I don't know. I don't know what those ones are gonna look like. It'd be interesting to know the history of the River Valley development. Yeah. Like I'm sure it started just out of necessity at one point. Yeah. I know that's technically part of the Great Canadian Trail now. Okay, yeah. So.
Thank you and goodbye.